Thanks for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. Today we'll be finishing up on government endings with our message, The Eighth Empire. Revelation 17 verses 9 and 10 talks about eight empires, five that were, one that is, one that has yet to come, and one that will come again. Pastor is going to explain what these verses mean and what to look out for when it comes to the Antichrist. Let's jump right into it. Well, today we're going to be talking again. This is our fourth installment on a series of messages on the end times. So we're going to jump to the book of Revelation today. Now, uh, the, the actual name of this book, people say, ooh, scary book, end times. Uh, if you look at the name of the book, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, does it talk about end times? Yes. But the, the real centerpiece of the book is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who's coming back to rule and to reign. The, the, the theme of the book is Jesus. It is a revelation about Jesus. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to be looking, we're going to look at the 17th chapter, where the Apostle John gives a very vivid description of the end times, specifically the end time beast. Now, now the beast is the Antichrist. Now, you know this, and I'm going to be reading, you, make sure you know, but the Antichrist is a person. But in the first century, John said, the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. And it was even here before the first century. Ever since God made the promise about the Christ, back in Genesis chapter 3, that he was going to send the seed of the woman who would crush Satan's head. Ever since then, Satan has had that spirit working in this world. Revelation 17 and verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, these heads, these seven heads and ten horns, they're seven empires, seven empires that are going to rule the world, right? The, the last one at that time, in fact, the last two, did not exist. They were coming empires. Now, whenever the Bible prophecy contains symbolism, the Bible clarifies and explains that symbolism. So it says this. It says, this calls for the mind of wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other is not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. Now this is the beast that once was, now is, and is the eighth king, and belongs to the seven, and is going to destruction. So the eighth king is the Antichrist. He's going to rule over the Eighth Empire. Now, the seven heads are called seven mountains or seven kings, and they're symbolic of seven empires. So this passage gives us insight into the fact that before Jesus returns, there will actually be a total of eight beast empires. 
Now, the ultimate beast is who? He's the Antichrist. But the Antichrist spirit is going to be having been at work in every one of the empires. There's seven. So there's a total of eight beast empires. The eighth empire will be ruled by the Antichrist, the beast who once was and now is not, is, the Bible says, an eighth king. So five of these empires have already been. We got a list of them right up here for you. The Egyptian empire. Uh, I remember Pharaoh trying to destroy all of the Jewish babies. It was the Antichrist spirit working in him. Was he an Antichrist? He was not the Antichrist, but he was a type. We had the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire. Now, what I want you to notice about every one of these, because there were other empires, for example, we had the Mayan Empire. We had uh, empires in China. But what these empires did, every one of these empires ruled Jerusalem. Every one of them. So when it's talking about this, it's talking about something that was taking place in that part of the world, what we would call today the Middle East. So after these five empires or mountains, John writes and he says, there's one that is. Now, what is the empire that was ruling when John wrote the book? It's the empire that he says is. It's the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire is the sixth empire. It ruled the Middle East, Northern Africa, much of Europe. Now, the sixth ceases to exist, and then comes the seventh, the next one. So basically what we have here is we have a prophetic riddle. There's going to be seven empires Now, what we need to do before the seventh ceases to exist and is not, and then comes back again as the eighth, the Bible says. So what we need to do is identify the seventh empire. Because if you can identify the seventh empire, it will cease to exist at some point. But then it's going to come back, and it will be the eighth. And ultimately, the ruler of the eighth empire is the Antichrist. So I'm hoping that we're kind to simplify because I would read this for years and go, ooh, that one's way up there. That one's over my head. Right? So we're trying to simplify this. So that eighth empire will be a resurrection, a revised version of the seventh empire. And the beast who once was and is not is an eighth king. Now that beast is the Antichrist himself. The seven beast empires will come into existence, that seventh one, and then it will cease to exist. It will come back as the eighth, and it will be the final empire. So during John's life, the seventh empire did not exist. Now, particularly in the last 80 years, 70, 80 years, most Bible teachers would teach that it is a, a resurrection of the Roman Empire. But the sixth empire is the one that already existed when John wrote. And that was the Roman Empire. So the sixth is not the seventh and the eighth. 
Now, Bible, Bible teachers often try to, to, to figure this out because that's what we want to believe because that's what we've heard. But if you go back historically in Christianity, literally from the first century through the, through the beginning of the 19th century, or even the 20th century, that was not what was taught. That is not what the church taught. That's not what the church fathers taught. That, that, that Rome was the sixth, and if Rome was the sixth, it cannot come again as the seventh and the eighth. But there is an empire that ruled that part of the world, and we're going to show you right now. It was the Ottoman Empire. There was, is, we should say, the seventh empire. It conquered much of the sixth empire and even expanded. Now, most of you have read your Bible and you realize that what the Antichrist does is he's constantly cutting people's heads off. Uh, is there any group of people that you know that does that? Now, the Ottoman Empire literally was the Islamic Empire. It was an Islamic caliphate. It took Jerusalem in 637, uh, Constantinople, which later they renamed as, as Istanbul in 1453, uh, which is, by the way, one of the reasons that America was discovered because there was no longer a land route to Asia because there was this constant war between much of Europe and this Islamic empire, the Ottoman empire. Now, that empire ceased to exist in 1924. But that Muslim empire, it encompassed all of these other empires. All of these other beast empires were taken in there. So it ceased to exist. And by the way, I, I just want to say this. The Antichrist will be a Muslim. He will be a Muslim. Now, I think it's very interesting that today, if you go to Turkey, uh, President Erdogan uh, he, he came into power, I believe it was in 2002. There was a coup in 2016, which was a failed coup. And he took over the military. He took over the media. He took over the judiciary. He took over 100% of the country. And his goal is to reestablish the Islamic caliphate. That is his goal, right? Now, the, the, the caliphate, it's a political religious state. It includes all lands that are Muslim, but also all Muslim communities. So if you have a, a Muslim community in your area, they consider themselves to be part of the caliphate. So after Muhammad died, the caliphate was beginning, and the, the word literally means successor, right? Successor. Uh, he would have political authority, and he would have some degree of religious authority. Again, it ceased to exist in 1924. It is the seventh kingdom. But the Bible says it will come back as the eighth kingdom. And when it comes back as the eighth kingdom, it may not be the first ruler. It could be, but it might not be. But at some point, the Antichrist is going to rise up and he is going to control that empire. Now, 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3. Don't let anybody deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin, that's the Antichrist, 
is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped. And he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. Daniel prophesies that there is going to be the prince of the people who is to come and that that person will go into the sanctuary of God. And that's why we tell you the temple will be rebuilt in some form on the Temple Mount because he will go in there and he will stop the sacrifices and he will declare himself to be God. Verse seven, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, so the mystery of lawlessness, the spirit of the Antichrist is already working in the world today. But there's something that is restraining. And let me just kind of let you know what that, what, what is restraining. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is holding back the revelation of the Antichrist is the spirit of God in the church. That's what's holding it back. And that's why we've told you, you will not be here when the Antichrist is revealed because we are what restrains. We are what's holding him back. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, well, let me read another verse. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, one of the things that Daniel also mentioned was that the Antichrist would make a covenant, a treaty with Israel for seven years. And in the middle of the seven, after three and a half years, he would break that treaty. And that is when he goes into the temple to declare himself to be God. But the church is what restrains. The church has always been countercultural. Say that again. The church has always been countercultural. You look at the first centuries of the church under the Roman Empire. Remember, it's one of the beast empires. The beast is ultimately the Antichrist, but that beast is the spirit of the Antichrist. So they're up, they are coming up in this, this empire, this Roman empire, which has the spirit of the Antichrist. They stood against the culture. They stood against gladiatorial games or blood sport. No Christian would ever go to a gladiatorial games unless they were the main attraction. Going to be eaten by lions or some wild beast. Suicide was accepted in the culture. The Christians stood against it. Abortion was accepted in the culture. The Christians stood against it. Infanticide. You had a child that was the wrong sex or you didn't want that child or there was some deformity. You just took the child down to the river and left it. By the way, it was the Christians who would come and rescue them. Euthanasia, emperor worship. Every, every member of the Roman Empire was expected to worship the, the emperor. There were statues all over and uh, there was a little bit of uh, fire, a little flame there, and you were expected to come and just put a little put of incense or something there and, and honor the emperor. The Christians, they stood against that. Idolatry, 
cremation, we could preach on that, but we will not. Homosexuality, divorce, promiscuity, adultery, fornication. The church stood against all of those things. And that was very countercultural because every one of them was accepted in the culture. And again, what you have, it's a beast empire. It's an empire under the influence, under the influence of the Antichrist spirit. Now, the Antichrist spirit, and listen, listen carefully, it's a lot of things. And, and literally, originally, when I put this message together, I was going to talk to you about a dozen different manifestations of the Antichrist spirit. But one of the main things we need to understand about the Antichrist spirit, it is political. I remember, these are empires. They are, they are political empires, but they are influenced by the Antichrist spirit. The Bible actually refers to them as beast empires. The beast is the Antichrist. It's the Antichrist spirit. In Ezekiel 28, God says this. He's prophesying to the prince of Tyre. He says, thus to the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God and I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the sea or the people. Yet God says, you're a man and you're not a God. And then actually what happens, the prophet first prophesies to the man and then prophesies to the spirit behind the man, that evil spirit who, who Bible scholars identify as Satan himself the manifestation of that anti-Christ spirit. In Acts chapter 13, it says, uh, when they'd gone through the Isle of Pathos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul. Now, the proconsul would be like the governor. Now, where do you, where do you find the, the, this demon-possessed man? possessed by the spirit of the Antichrist. It actually goes on and says, look, he tried to withstand Paul and Barnabas and keep the proconsul from hearing the word of God. But where do you find him? You find him in a political, right next to the number one political person of the time in that area. The, the Antichrist spirit seeks to move through politics. Remember, the Bible says that it's the empire's it refers to them as beasts. They are controlled by the Antichrist spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 John not to believe every spirit because the spirit of the Antichrist is out there, which he says is already not coming. He said the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world. It's, it's not something that we're looking for the individual, but we cease to realize that the spirit is at work. The Spirit's at work. So Joshua comes, they cross over into the promised land. God has said, I'm going to give you this land. And, and as he's standing there, he looks and he sees a man with a sword drawn. And he said, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the man answered and said, no. But as commander of the armies of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped. And he says, what does my Lord say to his servant? Now, this is a Christophany. This is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. 
He shows up and, and Joshua wants to know, hey, are, are you on our side or you are, are you on the Canaanite side? And his answer is no. He says, I'm not on your side and I'm not on their side. He says, I'm on my side and you better get on my side. Now, I, I said all this to say this, all that to say this. You might be a Democrat and you might be a Republican or you might be an independent and you may be thinking, is God on my side? No, you need to get on his side. Right? It's not a matter of God being on your side. It's a matter of you're getting on God's side because there are spiritual issues that have become political issues. They are not political issues first. They are spiritual issues first. Say, if this message touched your heart and you really realize you're not where you should be with God or you're not right with God, I'd like to pray a prayer with you. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer to surrender your life to Jesus and to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. Would you just bow your head and just pray these words out loud from your heart. Just make them your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again and I believe he's coming again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back and I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. I thank you I'm forgiven. I'm a part of your family on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, we believe that you are saved, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download that book or you can get contact us and we will get you a hard copy. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We love you. We pray for you and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you or download it right there instantly. It's also available on our app. It is absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith to change your life. Share your story with us by sending a short video from your cell phone to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. You never know whose life your story will change. I hope you enjoyed today's message, but before you go, check out this Res Life original song, Believe.
church. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv give. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Also, be sure to download our app where you can listen to all our past sermons, submit a prayer request, find resources, and much more. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you next time.